1: Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply.
2: Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit DiscoverSouthCarolina.com.
3: Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA,
0: Hey, this is Annie. Hey, and Samantha. And welcome to Stephon Never Told, your production of iHeart Radio. And we are back with part two of our Frozen episodes. Um, please listen to part one to get more of the kind of background. Uh, and this one, we're going to be talking about uh, some of the themes and legacies and. Things like that. Because uh, this movie uh, was huge. It was huge and it had huge impacts. And this is the 10 year anniversary and everyone is talking about it. And I, it's very rare that I throw on the towel defeated <laughs> about reading every article I want to read before we do an episode, but I did it for this one. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll never get this episode recorded. Yeah, people have left thoughts, and we're going to talk about it. So, yes, uh, we are talking about the 2013 Disney animated movie Frozen uh, and the sequel. This is where the spoilers for the sequel will come in. And, I, yeah, I'm just going to say it's spoiled. I'm going <laughs> to spoil it. Um, so, just to put that out there, uh, I I think when people are writing about this movie now, one of the things that a lot of people have been writing about is this was the first quote new wave princess movie where they Disney was trying to pivot away from like you're not traditional Disney princess story anyway uh, the heroes they were the heroes of the story at least one female character is not romantically involved and it stirred a lot of conversation then and now. But I I have, I have a whole thought about this at the end, but I don't think, and especially in, like, interviews I've read with Jennifer Lee, like, it's not like they were, like, trying to make a feminist movie. They were just trying to make a movie that wasn't, like, all about men. And that's kind mm-hmm. of the thing. That's kind of what we're talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when all these other movies came after it. So, some of the big themes in Frozen... Our first sisterhood, uh, as I said in part one, they weren't originally sisters in the first script. They are not sisters in the fairy tale. But they decided to make them sisters to give them a more complex relationship. And they, a lot of people said that was the key to making it work because a lot of their first scripts, as we talked about in the last one, did not work. Mm-hmm. Basically, like... No one connected to Elsa. No one really was sure what Anna was doing <laughs> there. Uh, so uh, making them sisters helped fix those things, and then making Elsa sympathetic and not the villain helped make the story more compelling. And I do remember when I saw this, and I'm going to talk about this at the end. But like, I remember thinking, "Finally, when the true the act of true love was." Anna choosing Elsa over Kristoff, her maybe true one true love, uh, because you know we're kind of set up to believe that. Movie does a very good job about setting you up to believe, like that's it, this was gonna save her life. But she chooses Elsa instead, even though, as far as she knows, she'll die, and that's the the act of true love. And I remember being like, finally, they. F- did it where it's not like a dude kissing a woman who might be (laughs) comatose right to save her her will yeah no knowledge never have met possibly (laughs) no consent all fine yeah like yeah i just that's what i that's the main thing i remember thinking was like oh okay good and i remember jennifer lee said that like she one of the things she said was the original story felt too much like you—you you have your evil witch and your young heroine, and the two women, and they're against each other, and it was like done. We've done that. Let's do something else, right? And and so that was that was a big theme in it was the the bond between Anna and Elsa. Also, I have written a story where the plot twist is exactly this, and it's one of my favorite things I've ever written. One day I'll read it on here, uh, <laughs> but. I was like, yes, (laughs) finally. Um, I do also think there's around this time is when we started seeing. I think this was when a lot of criticism was happening about older Disney movies, uh, princess movies. And so Disney was trying to be like, she's not your regular princess. Look at her hair. She's a mess. She likes eating. (laughs) So they did have a lot of that with Anna. She's clumsy. She's a very clumsy princess, which I feel like is a very, we've talked about that with like Mary Sue's or the the very tropey kind of Twilight, like the Mm -hmm. the sort of, Mm -hmm. oh, (laughs) she's quite clumsy. Mm -hmm. But They do, Elsa and Anna do spend most of the first movie kind of separated with Elsa feeling like she's dangerous and she'll hurt Anna again. But Anna's always kind of like trying to repair this relationship or maintain this relationship. She's very supportive. When you go to the second one, Elsa relinquishes her crown to Anna. Um, who she believes is a better leader. Uh, Elsa and Honor, sort of like the bridge between nature and civilization, and Elsa chooses to stay with nature and she abdicates the throne. But she's very like, No, you are you were the better choice for this. You you were the one who should be ruling. And this is sort of like jumping the gun to something else we're going to talk about, but here's a quote from Medium. The last point I want to make about the queer themes on both films is the importance of Anna. Much praise was given to the first film for featuring a central love story between two sisters, which is valid, but it's also important to mention that Anna loves her sister no matter what. Anna was the one hurt when they were children, but she never for a second blamed Elsa or asked her to hide her powers. If Anna loved Elsa despite her ice powers, she probably wouldn't have had the power to save Elsa in the first film or to do the exact same thing in the second one. Anna's love for her sister is unconditional. In essence, true love. So yes, there is a big queer element to both of these We get to in a second. Uh, But I guess that kind of brings us to the romance theme of this whole thing. Because like I said, this is, it's an interesting thing when you're watching a movie and it's like making fun of all of the other tropes in Disney movies, but still like doing the thing. But they did question love at first sight because when you, I mean, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's just like a Disney movie for her to fall in love immediately (laughs) with this guy. (laughs) Why why am I going to doubt that for a second? But then you have Elsa being like, no, you just met this guy. And then you have Kristoff being like, no, you just met this guy.
4: Which, by the way, didn't she just spend like one to two days with Kristoff as well?
0: Yes, so. but, they, but they did not. <laughs> they did not get married for many. Uh, maybe years. I don't know how long it takes place,
4: but for a while. That's the same thing with Anna uh, Once. The They're trying to plan their wedding and they keep postponing the wedding. Oh, really? Of all the things that uh, Anna has to do, yeah.
0: Oh well, that's what happens in Frozen too. Is he keeps trying to propose and she's like, "I'm too busy." Yeah, I'm too busy. She doesn't know he's trying to propose, but she she's just she's got a lot going, <laughs> got a lot <laughs> going on. But that is one of the things about Frozen is it's strange because it's like it's meta in a way, but it's also like it's like Disney. Being meta about a thing that they created, like a problem they created, <laughs> right?
4: Well, Manzel was in another movie, Enchanted, that did the same thing. That did that made fun of that thing too.
0: I haven't seen Enchanted. What? Yeah. Oh, mm. I have. I have some fan fiction that I love that is based on Enchanted. So I, I actually
4: really, really liked Enchanted. That was one okay. of the ones that I watched, and it's so cheesy, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, oh,
0: yeah. I, I, I'll i put it on the list. I've been meaning to watch it to better understand my fan fiction at the very least. <laughs> which is why I watched Tangled in the first place, too. <laughs> well, like like when we talked about doing my big fat Greek wedding, you were like,
4: it'll help me understand my fan fiction.
0: <laughs> it will. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> one of my very favorites. I love it. Yes. Yes. But that is one of the things that people talk about a lot with this movie uh, is... Like, you know, Anna falls in love so quick uh, with Hans, or she thinks she does, and then Kristoff. But then on the other hand, she'd also, like, grown up totally isolated, without love or affection, really. And then they open the doors, and she's just so, like, this is it. Uh, And it felt very, it reminded me of, like, a lot of the conditioning the rest of us have gotten from Disney movies. That this ideal is real, and it exists, and that you can get it. Because she is, like, a uh, immediate. <laughs> immediate I did find it uh, interesting in terms of a Disney movie that the traditional love interest is the villain um, and a lot of men wrote angry pieces about this uh, lol you can find if you want to good That's chuckle <laughs> they were like oh, never would he do that like mm.
2: <laughs> really I,
0: like I know
2: So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
5: Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was will it.
1: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with.
5: So you ride the books, Jean, and last hour on this business. I understand now. A wise man. Uh, Marie a wise woman.
1: But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas.
0: Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth.
1: Freeze, Americano!
3: Huh? Oh!
0: Jean, run!
1: So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too
2: quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: So I actually hadn't seen Frozen in a while. And I made this outline before I rewatched it last night. But this song, The Fixer Upper, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to have a lot to say about this. Because it's essentially like... The family's trying to fix you up. They're trying to fix everybody. Like, you're a fixer-upper. And I was like, okay, sure. I'm going to get real mad about it. It's more just they're kind of like, eh. I thought it was going to I guess I thought it was going to be much more, you can get in this relationship and fix him. But they actually have a whole line about, like, you can't do that.
4: (laughs) They do. They talk about that
0: completely, saying, like, no, that's not a thing. You can't change him. Right. Right. Love him. Yeah. And Kristoff uh, in the second one has a whole song about I don't know who I am without you if I'm not your guy. It's, it's very much the song that usually I feel like the woman would be singing in these things. Like he's he's much more in the role of like I am the love interest who is defined by the person I'm in love with. And it's not painted as a bad thing. He's just uh-huh. confused. Like he's like, I don't know who i am but then later he has a line where he says my love is not fragile and that's when she's talking about i need to put this first and we'll talk about our whole thing later <laughs> like i've got to do this which i thought was good another thing i mentioned in the last one and i thought this was really interesting is that kids generally prefer elsa who has powers but no romance That like that's the one that they identify with that's the one they want to dress mm-hmm. as which I totally get, but a lot of people were confused by. I, I mean, I feel like she has powers. No one gets her when you're a kid. You're like, ah, yeah. Her costume's great. <laughs> like She has a whole, She's like, She's also solid. the queen. She's the queen. She can control the weather and just, like, builds a castle. <laughs> right. She <laughs> like, makes things fun after she yeah. always tells people. That's <laughs> Yes. But as a kid, like, to me, that makes sense. But I remember when this came out, a bunch of news sources were like, what? Why are they going? Why do they like Elsa so much? Why would they choose her? She doesn't have a man. She doesn't have a happily ever after. And I was like, of course they would choose Elsa. (laughs) Like, of course. But also, isn't it kind of strange that we're socializing little girls to want to get married Right. right away? Over like, oh, I get to control the weather. That's a fun thing. (laughs) Be the queen, protect things,
4: create things. I mean, she made Olaf.
0: She did. Like, it's just strange to me that they're like, but Anna has the man. I'm like, these are children. (laughs) Maybe they're not into the romance part right now. They don't care about this. Right. Like, it's not like they didn't like her, but yeah, if you could undress up. Hell yeah. I'm
4: trying to think like what other kids were dressed up as. Like even for the Little Mermaid, it wasn't necessarily because of the prince. The prince was like secondary. It was the fact that she was a mermaid.
0: You're completely (laughs) right. I agree.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And And my generation of like, I was in middle school. I was in elementary school, sixth grade, I think, Mm -hmm. when uh, all the big movies. Beauty and the Beast. Yes, people really did love Belle and the Beast, but it was more like, you know, you're taming someone type of thing. But I feel like the big success in that movie was the candlestick and and Mrs. Potts. Like, it was not necessarily the princess and the prince. Like, all these secondary characters really came into play. Aladdin was the big thing, like the actual Aladdin. And then... Yeah, when I'm thinking about all the Disney movies outside of, like, Snow White and Cinderella, which were those characters, mm-hmm. for sure. But then when you get into the new age of, like, Lion King and Little Mermaid, Aladdin, those were not the people who were concentrating on. Mulan did not care about the dude. Did not no. care.
0: <laughs> no, and I think you're totally right. Like, I, when I look back, it's not, I was like, Yes! They're finally kissing. Together. I was more like, "Look at that cool magic thing!" <laughs> right?
4: It really like, "Look at that animal." I really wish I had the horse or yes. the dragon. Like it was all of those things. Cricket. Yes. Which I think I mean, makes I thought the most dressed up character in Mulan is the matchmaker, though. <laughs> I really think it's true.
0: I did see a really good cosplay of that recently. It's like, <laughs> so good. They had the like the street, yep, Yep. and the bad, like yeah. Oh, it was so good. I'm
4: just saying, like maybe it was our generation that really broke that mold, and I'm saying that as a Gen X slash millennial. Like I was 80, that real like yeah, no, we want these quirky characters. We don't care about these things.
0: Yeah, and I think even in terms of like like looking back at. Beauty and the Beast, I liked her dress. Mm-hmm. It's not that I was like, oh, they're dancing together. I was like, look at her dress. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, it's definitely still those messages are there of like, oh, get married, sure. this is your thing. But it's not I don't think that's really the big thing I took away. I was more like, Wow. Right. <laughs> look at the magic talking things in their dress. Right. So pretty.
4: Well, again, back with Beauty and the Beast. She was getting away from the ideal man who yeah. ended up being a punk. But like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it wasn't
0: right. she wasn't searching for a man. She could have had a man. Right. Yeah. Mm. It's true. And but it it was really funny honestly to go back to these articles that were so perplexed like why are they so choosing Elsa when she didn't even get a man at the end. Like I feel like it's pretty obvious. Right. <laughs> but, but uh lee uh said uh jennifer lee who was like co-director co-writer and also i think this is one of the first disney movies i could be totally wrong but i'm pretty sure this is one of the first disney movies that ushered in a new age of having the two directors Mm. uh but it, it was directed by two people uh anyway she said i think the thing with anna that was really challenging was i think too many times people think a character flaw means they have a personality disorder or something and her flaw it really, it took repeating over and over again to say, if we really want this ultimately to be about the power of true love, this has to be an analysis of what true love is. And so you have to have a character who wants love. Yes. Okay. So I did think about, I got all these other ideas when I was doing this outline because of course, one was Brave, which I do want to come back and talk about. But when Brave came out, Brave ends with, a 16-year-old girl, heaven forbid, not getting engaged and getting married. And everyone was like, oh, God, she's gay because she didn't end up with a man at the end. And it was a huge conversation. I remember this. Uh, But you mentioned in the last one that there's a storyline about Brave in the show once. Merida comes into play. Merida comes
4: into play. The helm is a part of it. There's a battle between what would be King Arthur and her, essentially. Um, and then she is being controlled by the villains to teach someone else to be brave. Oh. And then we have curses really? and then her father passing away and her watching and like all these things. Yeah. And wow. her becoming her protecting her brothers and protecting her kingdom.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. 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 Oh, I definitely gotta
0: watch this. Yeah. Brave makes me cry every time. <laughs>
4: yeah. There was a good little end scene where she has a chat with him because there's a potion that you can talk with the dead. Yes. Oh, well, that happens in that once.
0: <laughs> yes.
4: I know nothing about this movie. I know nothing about the actual movies. I just know what's on. Because, thank God, I guess for better or for worse, Disney owns ABC, so they had all the rights <laughs> to get right. to every one
0: of these characters without floss. <laughs> right. yes. Well, if I had a different podcast, um, we would talk about the Pixar multiverse theory, but in Brave, she goes to see this witch Mm -hmm. who uh, can make these potions, but she's supposed to be the witch is the child Boo from Monsters, Inc., who is desperately trying to find a way back to meet the monsters again, and she starts the whole thing. Aww.
4: Um, Yeah. Now, I will say, I think my favorite Pixar movie outside of Mulan is Monsters, Inc.
0: I love Monsters, Inc. The two
4: of them are my... I will watch, oh, and Ratatouille. (laughs) Ratatouille is my go-to comfort side movie. (laughs) Yes.
0: Every time you say you're watching Ratatouille, I'm like, are you okay? Nope. That's when my partner
4: walks in he's like, oh, no, what's wrong?
0: (laughs) Sometimes it can be fine. Your comfort movie doesn't
4: necessarily mean. It helps me sleep sometimes, but I just want that. But yeah. And then one time when I was on, like, not a good night, he turned it on for me. And I was like, no. Why are they so sad? Sometimes you can't handle it. Right. I hear you. <laughs> I hear yes. you. So yes. Of all the movies, those three are probably my top. Like, Ratatouille is my comfort. Monsters, Inc., I think it is sentimental and really sweet yeah. and it does make me a little sad. And then mm-hmm. Mulan gives me like, oh, representation. That's all I had. <laughs> That's has yes. nothing to do with me, but I still love it. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Oh, gosh. One day I'll probably regale you about how all these movies yeah. are supposedly connected. Also, yes, we're using Disney Pixar kind of haphazardly, but don't don't add us, you know, it's all right. Right. <laughs> don't say that. As well as the fact that
4: the things we're talking about are old school stuff. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. Old school stuff. Yeah. Except for the new one. If there's a new one, I'm not watching it, so. I'm not going to read it <laughs> Is there one? To, 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 no, I don't think so. <laughs> what?
0: I like the uh, panic I just saw. You, face. Well, I don't
4: want to watch it. I don't like sequels to cartoons.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Well, animations. Has just said that they're going to stop doing it because usually they're not well, successful.
4: Yeah. Didn't they do like 10 of them for Monsters Inc. and then 10 of them for
0: Aladdin? You're like, just yeah. stop. Just stop. I am. Uh, I've seen a lot of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Frozen <laughs> 2 was a success. Like, monetarily okay but that does bring me kind of to our next point is yes uh when these movies came out there was a lot of discussion about the queer aspect of them uh, especially around elsa because elsa was not explicitly gay but she wasn't explicitly straight and it caused all kinds of headlines. Um, plenty of ultra conservative ones that claimed this movie was indoctrinating their kids. I'm like, again, she just didn't end up <laughs> with anybody. I don't know what you're talking about. And there's a lot of line. I mean, it's all up for interpretation, but there's a lot of lines, especially like when the second one came out, where people were like, Okay, wait. Hans <laughs> has this line in the first one where he says, No one was getting anywhere with Elsa, where he was talking about trying to get the throne like marry her and get the throne and he says no one was getting anywhere with Elsa some people do think that maybe she's Ace or maybe she's Arrow or maybe she's Arrow Ace Uh, but nothing has been confirmed and she's just mostly like not sexual which is different from Ace right
4: see I just assume she's going through some the least of things is on her mind. <laughs> like, Me too. I don't too. understand why we have to read into it. Why do we have to assign her a thing? Let her just be. <laughs> Me, I agree. I will say, again, with my interjections about once, they also don't try to find her man in that. It's about sister. trying to find her sister.
0: Yeah, which is what the first one was about. <laughs> like, it was their relationship mainly. Um, and that was a big deal at the time, unfortunately, that it wasn't a love triangle. Like, Elsa and Anna aren't fighting over a guy, Mm -hmm. which is how it normally would be. Some people do point out she was, Elsa was literally closeted, as in she was hiding in the the closet, her room (laughs) most of the movie. (laughs) Uh, Here's a quote from Vox. In particular, San Diego State University professor Angel Daniel Matos, who studies the intersection of queer narratives and children's literature, wrote a January 2014 article in which he argued that considering Elsa via the lens of queer literary theory made a lot of sense. Matos wrote, Queen Elsa is approached by some viewers as a queer or gay character, not only because she doesn't engage in a romantic relationship in the film, but also because she is forced by her parents to suppress and hide the powers that she is born with. Although the movie implies that her parents desperately try to conceal Elsa's powers because of the danger that they impose to herself and to others, this does not justify the degree to which they prevent Elsa from having any human contact whatsoever. Furthermore, the fact that Elsa's parents view depression and isolation as solutions further emphasizes notions of the infamous queer closet. So... Elsa, because she was at one time meant to be Frozen's villain, exhibits lots of traits that we associate with LGBTQ characters, rightly or wrongly. She isolates herself from society. She has strange, barely understood powers. She lashes out at those who would drag her back to the mainstream. She's kind of like one of the X-Men, and the X-Men have always welcomed queer readings as well. Critically, Elsa isn't the movie's villain— her love for Anna and Anna's love for her is what saves the day by the end of the film. And she learns to revel in her powers once she discovers that she can control them through love, awe. Elsa fears what makes her different and she's encouraged to do so by her parents. But she ultimately embraces that difference and is happier for having done so. A queer reading of the character all but suggests itself. Lots of fans thought so too. And in 2016, a hashtag give Elsa girlfriend briefly became a Twitter sensation i remember yes i remember all of this there was even an snl skit about it where let it go the words were all changed to we all know we all know about elsa being gay Um, (laughs) yes um which does bring us to let it go the song because that song is part of what changed the whole trajectory of the movie and elsa's character allegedly kristen bell was the one that was like it needs to be a power ballad. here's the title because it's all about, like, self-realization, empowerment, self-acceptance. I don't care what they're going to say. She has those lines about, like, conceal, don't feel. But now they know. Um, and as she's singing this, she is having a transformation. She's taking her hair down. She's staying off the ground. She's changing her dress. She's building a castle. <laughs> um, it's a very, like, transformative moment. I did read a cool quote about how it did become kind of a queer anthem. Oh, really? But I read a, a quote about it about like, this is like the it song, <laughs> no one's gonna accept me. And then the second one, that song is like the, but maybe I can love me anyway. <laughs> But anyway, here's a quote from Medium. While Let It Go is notable for many things, the Oscar winner is the most popular song Disney has released since its 90s renaissance period. It is, almost by first glance, a coming out anthem. Whether you see it as Elsa coming out as lesbian or as a mutant, Elsa's renouncing a life of hiding and pledging herself to being open about the things that made her different. If the plot of the first movie is looked at through the lens of a gay allegory, Elsa realizes as a child that she is different, is traumatized when she realizes that her differences could be harmful to her family, and she shuts herself off from them while committing to hiding this part of herself forever. She loses control in a moment of extreme pressure, accidentally outs herself, and runs away, deciding that it's better for her to be alone forever. Anna, her accepting sister, ultimately saves her with her true love and Elsa rejoins society having accepted that her powers are here to stay <laughs> remember that but then in the second one yeah they there's like this song that Elsa's hearing that's calling her away and she keeps trying to ignore it she keeps trying to hide it uh, and eventually she does answer it she does follow it but in that song she's talking about like what she's been waiting for her whole life. Uh, the song is called Show Yourself. Uh, you don't have to hide, step into your power. And then at the end, Elsa cries. She starts crying when she sings, I am found. So, like I said, this scene is sort of the if this, if let it go is the, all right, fine. <laughs> then this one is the, like, okay, I can, like, love myself. So here is another quote from Medium. While again, one could look at the end of Frozen as she's happy now, Frozen 2 shows that there's still lingering doubt and anxiety that Elsa feels. Sure, everyone knows now, but she's still afraid that she's going to screw something up. She tolerates her powers. She doesn't appreciate them. She likes herself, but she doesn't love herself because she's still hung up on that unusual part of her biology. Okay, so yeah, in the second one, she is hearing this call. It is a woman who's singing to her like calling her to the great unknown she meets a young woman in the forest after answering the call named honey marin and they share a conversation that is very similar to the one that Christoph and anna share in the first one it's the same scene it's kind of the same vibe but then honey marin is like not really there again until the end when elsa because elsa kind of runs away <laughs> um, but elsa does choose to stay in the enchanted forest at the end but yeah, I mean, also, like, to your point, it could be there's no romance, but also, yeah, ace people do exist. And also, a reminder because I saw some headlines where I was like, hmm, ace being ace is gay. <laughs> like, right. if she's ace, she's still gay.
4: <laughs> I mean, to this whole point, like, I can see for those who are just trying to find representation like this level of like needing this and that's understandable and i get Mm -hmm. that too and like yeah though if you really listen to that maybe you could and that's amazing if that works for you then that's exactly what it is for you you do that uh but also if they're paralleling the uh anna and Kristoff line i mean that would make reason to be like oh here we go this is the love plot
0: Right. Yeah, no, I don't want to make it sound like I don't, because I totally get it. Right. <laughs> I absolutely get it. I have done this with less, where I'm like, they're definitely together, <laughs> or like, this, she's definitely gay. I'm not trying to make it sound like that at all. I, th- I mean, I think it's a question of more representation. If there's right. so little, you're looking for, like, Any. anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's true. Like, I don't think... I can totally see the queer coding of it. Absolutely. I I was watching the Let It Go scene last night. I was like,
4: (laughs) yes. As I said, like, it felt like it's a very, 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 very white, white, white movie. Like, everybody's very white. Let's just be very clear. I didn't see any guests that was of any, except for the one dude that may have been... Latin, Latino, or Hispanic, I don't know. But I was like, yeah, this is... And, and again, having that music and then, like, the climax being very much like, this sounds like indigenous
0: music. What is
4: happening? What is happening? So, like, finding, trying to find representation in that movie is nice. <laughs> I get that. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that more in a second. <laughs> um, yeah, because the second one has a whole plot about displacing colonizing Native peoples. Ooh. That's like the whole thing is when she gets to okay. the Enchanted Forest, they learn that their grandfather had betrayed the indigenous people. Uh, their mother was indigenous. Oh. Um, and they have to kind of decide what they're going to do about it. Uh, but that is the whole plot. <laughs> oh, wow. Didn't know that. I'm glad yeah.
4: that they found some representation, I guess.
0: I guess, but it was folk. I mean, SNL made fun of that, too, because they're like, yeah, there's black people in, in the second one. But like, it's rural Norway. And now we're kind of like, how did they get there? <laughs> it's sort of both.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, what's
0: happening? Where are we going? Where are we going with this? yes.
5: From the trenches, we share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
5: Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, with we'll Budin!
1: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with.
5: So you hide the books, Jean. and a on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man. Marie is a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel
1: partner well because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down!
0: I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on and its high time. You tell me the truth.
1: Freeze, Americano. Gene! Huh? Oh!
0: Jean! Run!
1: So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't.
2: And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Here's a quote from Vox. Vox. Disney keeps coming back to the idea of metaphorically dissecting the unsavory aspects of American history in order to move forward as a nation. But it almost never has the guts to actually suggest anything that needs to change to upend the current social order, because the current social order places Disney at the top of the year end box office nearly every year. A world where we really got serious about righting the wrongs of colonialism would be a world that might also start to undercut capitalism. And if you're Disney, you can't have that. Now, this is something I also want to come back and talk about because Frozen did make, it paved the way for, it was so successful. It paved the way for a lot of movies like Encanto, Turning Red, and they were all successful. But recently, with things like The Marvels and Wish, there's been a lot of, like... uh Mm, talking about it (laughs) some of it helpful and some of it not i have a lot of thoughts about it but it is interesting to me that the this movie was so successful and they're like okay let's do more and then like the second one isn't as successful to like never again but uh that's for another podcast (laughs) also um i read a lot of stuff about why they haven't made elsa canonically queer and a lot of it is what we've talked about before where uh in certain countries it would get um the movie bans and disney is a company that is all about money so anyway um another big thing in here is trauma uh you got the losing parents which you gotta have if you're in a disney movie disney Um, movie a parent has to die it has to die. Yeah, they have to die. The second one does imply that they died looking for answers about Elsa, like you talked about in mm. once. Another conversation, too, but this also mirrors other things I've been observing in children's media lately. Her Elsa being afraid of, like, her powers and herself um, and having trauma of that. Uh, she does, the reason I mentioned, like, in passing, that, like, she lets her ha- hair down when she's singing Let It Go, but it's still in the braid In the second one, she takes it out of the She really Uh, lets her head down. little steps. Yes, she does. Yeah, she does. But she does have those little steps, like she takes off her gloves, using her powers. And there is a theme of mental health with Elsa that I read a lot of articles about, about people resonating with that. I resonated with the open, closed-door metaphor. I also resonated with as unhealthy as this may be when she's she says I'm alone and I am free, because <laughs> um, having all those expectations of how you should be and how you should act, and then when you're alone, you're like, mm, I'm gonna do whatever I want. Right. But yeah, uh, just briefly to end on the legacy of this, it did. It was a catalyst for Disney, specifically of moving away from male-oriented stories and making way for (laughs) non-romance stories in children's movies, Uh, Moana and Kanto turning red, which I do want to come back and talk about Moana for sure. Lee was very outspoken about how the marketing barely featured Elsa and wasn't very woman-centric. She was very outspoken about being a woman director and like pushing for these things, but that they kind of were like, well, we wanted to keep Elsa a secret. And I was like, but Elsa's sort of the whole... <laughs> right. She was the character. The same thing they did with Star Wars. We're like, Rey. we wanted to keep her secret. I was like, why? <laughs> She's like the main character. <laughs> and it, yes, it was still centered around thin, white, able, rich women. So there's that. I will say it was very interesting how many people came out and criticized Frozen for things I would say they were very accepting of in male-led-based movies. Um, some in good faith. Like, some I was like, yes, yes, yes. Some not in good faith at all. There was a much-shared article about how Frozen was false feminism. And I read it. Uh, and then there were a lot of counter-articles about it. And I read a bunch of them. And what I'll say was, it sounds like they were both saying the same thing, uh, mm-hmm. that Disney could do more. Honestly, mm. that's exactly what it sounded like. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them... Were doing that thing that makes me a little uncomfortable where they were almost unfeminist in their feminism,
4: mm. like
0: kind of shaming mental health at one point. I was like, oh, no, I'm not. Mm. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And here's like maybe my hot take. I don't think it really is, but maybe. <laughs> um, but it feels like everyone had a lot more to say about the feminism or not of this movie because it had two female leads and mm. one of them didn't end up with a man. When I feel like that should just be normalized and not necessarily some feminist statement. Right. Like, I want it to be feminist. I hope it is. I hope it's intersectional. But I don't think that that in itself should be like, what? Right. <laughs> um, like, when I saw it, I don't remember thinking like, wow. So feminist, I remember thinking like, oh, God, they finally did something different. Like, oh, I like the song. or Like, I don't remember. And I don't think it has to be that. Like, I, I just... I, um, and I did like I said. I part of the premise does rely on us as an audience buying into the Disney fairy tale of true love and true love's first kiss in a very head or nervous sense, because they know that that's what all the movies they've made have done. Right, and this was different. Right. So I just like a lot of the stuff I did read so much about this, but a lot of it I just felt like, you know. Maybe it was just a movie about two sisters and it's not like this, (laughs) you're making it into this huge thing. (laughs) Right. Two sisters who aren't rivals. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that shouldn't be feminist. Like I said, I want it to be a feminist thing if I'm enjoying it. But that in itself (laughs) shouldn't be like, whoa. (laughs) Broke the mold. Exactly. And it was a popular movie. It makes sense. I do this all the time. If you listen to the show, you know I do. Dig into every oh, the minutia of what right. something means when perhaps it wasn't meant to do that. So I'm not I'm not dismissing it, and I think the conversation is actually it's really great and interesting. And I don't want to underplay how important this movie was. It was a big shift in the conversation that it is now part of. It's really interesting reading about it ten years later. Right. Yeah. Also. If you just want one final note about how big this was, there are articles written, multiple articles about climate change and frozen. I mean, that makes sense. To me. <laughs> but it's not about what you think it's about. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yes. Interesting. It's very, very in depth. But yeah. Uh, People had a lot to say. Uh, They were successful. There's going to be a three and four. There's supposed to be one for every season. Oh, really? Yes. It just all comes back to being winter. I know. I'm like, what is the first? Is this first one summer? I know the second one's fall.
4: Yeah, I guess the first one had to be summer because that's what I said. Summer.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So we've (laughs) got... spring. Winter and spring. (laughs) I don't know. Well, winter just
4: doubles. You don't know she's having trouble. Maybe that's (laughs) the thing. (laughs) Winter doubles.
0: You don't know she's having trouble. i was rhyming all day. You have been rhyming a lot today. I'm impressed. Thank you. That is a joke that a lot of people made that made me kind of uncomfortable, but I get it, was that by the time Frozen 3 comes out, the only thing that will be frozen are Elsa's eggs. What? That was definitely not what I thought, but damn. Yeah, for real. Um, But anyway. I did. I mean, I can't believe how many things I had to say about Frozen. You sure did. (laughs) I've only seen it like seven. I know some of you are like seven times. But to me, I watch like a lot of movies in the background all the time. Right, me too. But there was just so much written about it. There was so much written about it. Uh, I do want to come back and do Moana Elemental, which I just watched. Brave, Tangled, Encanto, which we kind of talked about but haven't talked about. Oh, we didn't?
4: I thought we did.
0: No, we talked about about the the character? The song. We talked about the song. Okay. Um, Yeah, and I think we talked about it in Turning Red because they're both kind of about intergenerational trauma, Family. Yeah. Um, But we're going to have to spread it out otherwise. I don't know what will happen.
4: We should talk about the evolution of the cartoons and have they drastically changed because you look at today like uh, Encanto and Turning Red compared to Frozen, they're so different.
0: Yes. I actually did find a really interesting article about women in animation at Disney. And it was with the timeline of Frozen. So yes, absolutely. And I do want to watch once. You've got me really interested. (sighs) need to watch it. Okay. But wow. All right. (laughs) This is the end (laughs) of our two-part extravaganza on Frozen. Uh, If you have any thoughts about this... Any pictures of cosplay? Because I know people love to cosplay. This, uh, please send them our way. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at Steph You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at stuff I'm never told you. Uh, we have a T Public Store and we have a book. You can get wherever you get your books. Thanks as always to our super producer Christina, our executive producer Maya, and our contributor Joey. Thank you, and thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life.
4: PNC Bank,
0: brilliantly boring since
4: 1865.
0: Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association member, FDIC.
3: Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss.